indeed there are more questions than answers like if you teach your pet pig karate would you get a pork chop hi america (laughs) hello world my name is adrian lee and i am your host welcome to the show more questions than answers the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world each week my guests and i will search the world's newspapers websites and tv shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment we will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious strange supernatural unusual bizarre and just plain weird if you have just tuned in especially to hear the show then i admire your taste if you have just tuned in by accident then i admire your luck i am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the midwest plains with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your light and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting, for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming, and I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. So without any further ado, let me introduce my guests. Firstly, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She has been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhand Investigations. And she is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society. Heather crossed a Labrador with a tortoise this week and got an animal that goes to the newsstand but comes back with last week's newspapers. Welcome to the show, Heather. <laughs> Hello. I also wish to introduce the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim wondered this week if when Bambi dies and becomes a ghost, would it then be bamboo? Welcome to the show, Kim. (laughs) Hello. And finally, the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He is married to Kim and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show greg is our tech expert and owns and operates more cameras and cables than the bbc outside broadcast department he is also our sound engineer and producer greg made bees this week that produce milk and not honey he is calling them boobies welcome to the show Greg. (laughs) we are on series two 
episode 65 65 is a fabulous and wondrous number the international dialing code of 65 will put you straight through to singapore a country where it is illegal to have long hair would you believe keep cats in your apartment or pee in an elevator all those things are true if you want to pee in an elevator singapore isn't the place for you crowded (laughs) elevators of course smell different to midgets <laughs> 65 God. is the traditional age of retirement in Great Britain, Germany, Canada, America, and many other countries around the world, of course. The worst thing about retirement, of course, is having to drink coffee on your own time. By the way, <laughs> what do gardeners do when they retire? Just a thought. What oh, would no. a gardener do? It's like, I'm going to retire so I can garden. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> Interstate 65 runs from Indiana to southern Alabama. The $4 million Alabama State Lottery is where the winner receives $4 a year for a million years. <laughs> What's the best thing to come out of Alabama? No idea. I've just told you it's Interstate 65. No one's listening to me, are they? Now, each week I read out the mailbag. I love to get your messages and your notes of support on the electronic mail. Kevin in Minnesota posted last week. Great show tonight. Laughed my butt off. It was very, very funny. So thank you to Kevin there. Another Kevin in Lowestoft in England has written, keep up the good work. We always listen to your show, sleepy eyed in bed on the Internet at 2 a.m. in the morning UK time. He also wants to know if I ever smile in any of my Facebook pictures. No. Very rarely does a paranormal investigator smile because we're up (laughs) at all hours in the morning, sat in dark, damp, cold, antediluvian basements. I did actually post a photograph of me smiling for him. Did you? Yes, I was in kindergarten at the time. I think it was 1974 or 1975. I also met a fabulous lady this week called Dulcie, who said she listens with her friends to every show. So thank you very much for that. And finally, also a shout out to Jack in Texas, who also follows the show and very kindly sent me my astrological chart this week. So I'm finding out really what all you about learn? myself. What did I learn? Mm-hmm. I learned that I was born in Dagenham in East London at half past ten at night. I learned many wondrous things. I'm not going to divulge the most innermost secrets. You, Heather Morris, take the idea that knowledge is power. Yes. Anything I say now about my astrological chart, you'll pick and use against Mm -hmm. me. You're a Scorpio, so I'm not going to give you that kind of information. There's no head start for you here. If you wish to contact me at any time, our Facebook site is more questions than answers with Adrian Lee. We have over 5,000 followers and all of the stories, all of the videos, all of the fabulous photographs from tonight will be placed on there and much, much more. I also have a Twitter account, which is Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. That's T-I-P-S for the International Paranormal Society. We currently have 84 thousand followers on there we have archives we have lots of platforms for our archive shows going back for the last three years if you're in the car if you're jogging if you're walking the dog doing miscellaneous housework you can listen to us on soundcloud.com if you type in mqta radio the last three years of shows will be there we're embracing youtube as well more questions and answers with adrian lee on youtube we have some very funny outtakes and i've recently written a book called how to be a christian psychic what the bible says about mediums healers and paranormal investigators and the reason i bring that up is i've actually put free 
chapters on that particular YouTube site. I've read out three chapters for you, one on healing, one on crystals and stones, and one on meditations. If you go to YouTube, type in how to be a Christian psychic, Adrian Lee, there's three, three, three of them, but they're free, no charge. (laughs) There's free. There's free. (laughs) There's free and there's three. See how that works. Very complicated. But they are on there for you to listen to. If you wish to listen to those, that would be fabulous. There's not many things in life that are free. Or three come to that. Nature doesn't do odd numbers, does it? Firstly, on tonight's show, we would like to wish a happy birthday. It's happy birthday today to Prince Philip. He is, of course, the Queen's husband. He is 95 years old today. How fabulous is that? And on this coming Tuesday, Hawaii became a territory in 1900. And on Wednesday the 15th, Arkansas became the 25th state in 1836. On the very same day in 1844, Charles Goodyear was granted a patent for vulcanized rubber. It's all happening this week, isn't it, in the world of history? Yes, he was given a patent (laughs) for rubber that seemed to be very logical at the time, I'm sure. We now are going to play the first quiz ever on radio, on TV. This is the first time in the history of broadcasting. The quiz is called, and this is going to catch on. It's going to go far and wide. Mm -hmm. This quiz is called Arkansas, Hawaii, or Prince Philip. I'm going to read you a series of questions. I'm going to go around the table. Very simple. What could be harder? Arkansas, Hawaii, or Prince Philip. Points to be had straight off the bat. Excellent. Couldn't be simpler, could it really? There's going to be a show, I can see it, and all the big networks are going to pick this up. Firstly, number one, milk is the official beverage of what? Milk, the official beverage of? Prince Philip. Prince Philip, the official beverage of Prince Philip. It's the one he likes the most. (laughs) He always goes to bed with milk and cookies at night. I'm going to go with Hawaii coconut milk. Kim's going with Hawaii. Greg? All that's left is Arkansas. Arkansas. Greg is actually right. The <laughs> milk is the official beverage of Arkansas. Prince Philip. What are they going to do? Milk him? Look, I've got a pint. How's that going to work? Do you think the Queen would milk him or do you think he'd get oh, servants no. to do it? Uh, its name. <laughs> Question number two. Its name means love of horses. Its name means love of horses. Oh. Arkansas, Hawaii, or Prince Philip? Arkansas. 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 Hawaii. It is Prince Philip. His name, Philip. (laughs) I thought this would be simple. What could be more simple? Hawaii, Arkansas, or Prince Philip? So no points for question number two. The name Philip, obviously Greek. Philip is Greek. Means lover of horses. If your name is Uh. Philip... You are the lover of horses. I can't believe I've asked two questions so far, and out of six replies, only one's been right. What could be simpler, Arkansas, Hawaii, or Prince Philip? One of the first recorded cases of AIDS was discovered in 1978. Prince Philip. Prince Philip. (laughs) Wow. I'm not going to be allowed back in the country. I'm going to have some sort of ban placed on me. You can't say that about the royalty. What about the Queen? Queen was doing a few things back in the day. Do you think that was intravenously? Was that injecting or what was he getting up to? All right, Hawaii. No, I'm going to go with your first answer. (laughs) Kim, AIDS was first discovered or recorded in 1978. 
I would say Hawaii too. Okay, Greg has got himself another point. He's on two. Kim is on one. It was, of course, Hawaii. They founded a university in 1907. Arkansas, Hawaii or Prince Philip? They founded a university in 1907. Prince Philip. Prince Prince (laughs) Philip. (laughs) Kim. Arkansas. Arkansas. Greg. Arkansas. Arkansas. It was. It was Conway University in 1907. Greg's on fire. He's scored three. Kim's on two. Heather is yet to score. I'll make it up in the end. They bring in over $5.7 billion in tourism. Prince Philip. Prince Philip. (laughs) (laughs) Hawaii. (laughs) Hawaii. It's Arkansas. What's wrong with you people? How difficult. I'm going to get one of these. Arkansas brings in $5.7 billion in tourism every year. I can't believe how badly this quiz is going. I thought nothing could be more simple than Arkansas, Hawaii, or Prince Philip. What does anybody go to Arkansas for? A milk, apparently, Greg. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's milk. They go there. Let's go. We'll have two weeks of looking at milk production. This is the way to go. They have the Union Jack on their flag. Prince Philip. Prince Philip. Arkansas. It's actually Hawaii. Hawaii has the Union <laughs> God almighty. Hawaii has the Union Jack. Are you taking the piss? Is this actually... No? Okay. The Union Jack... Is in the top left-hand corner of the flag of Hawaii, plus eight horizontal stripes. They legalised abortion in 1970. Arkansas. Hawaii. Arkansas. It's Hawaii. There's one point to Kim. <laughs> Kim and Greg are tied on three. I can't believe how badly this is going. Final question in the round of Hawaii, Arkansas, or Prince Philip. Their name comes from the words Thriving Mountain. Arkansas. Arkansas. Why? It's Prince Philip. <laughs> <laughs> His last name. Oh, God. Why am I here? His last name is Mountbatten. His name was Philip Arthur Mountbatten. Well, you didn't tell me that. Well, I, this is a quiz. <laughs> if I tell you beforehand, it defeats the point of a quiz. I didn't think out. I could read out eight questions that had the answer of either Hawaii, Arkansas, or Prince Philip, and you'd only get three right. Mountbatten means thriving mountain. Well, that went well, so I think that was the first and only time we'll ever have. Yes, you're on zero. You've scored... 100% wrong. Nothing. <laughs> yes, I know. A big fat... Duck Egg is where we are. There is a show dying to get out. We run into the first round. That is Ghosts and Hauntings. It handles millions of passengers every day as one of the world's busiest transport networks. Now more than 150 years old, the London Underground Tube Service is thought to hide some of London's greatest secrets. And one passenger appears to have stumbled on one of them after he apparently filmed a ghost at a station. The short clip filmed at Knightsbridge Station, West London, was taken by an unidentified man as he waited for a train. He films along the platform as he appears to wait for a train. But as he spins the camera around, a spectre can be seen just inside the tunnel. It seems to crouch at the entrance to the tunnel, lean over the tracks and then hide behind the barriers. The track between Knightsbridge and South Kensington Station curves sharply so it avoids a 17th century burial pit for leprosy victims. Did you know 
in london they have little green squares do you know the song that was made famous frank sinatra i believe a nightingale sang in Berkeley square all the little squares that are in london were originally plague pits and so they're not allowed to build on them so you think wow london's fabulous all these little green squares where you can go and eat your sandwiches at your lunch break for example are only there because they were plague pits originally back in the day and you're not allowed to build on them but this is an example of the train taking a sharp curve to avoid a leprosy pit apparently who knew such things according to historicuk.com a small plague pit dating from around 1664 is thought to have been used as a burial ground for those who died at the nearby knightsbridge lazar house a number of tube stations are said to be haunted, including the Bank, Liverpool Street, Allgate and King's Cross. In 2000, night workers at Liverpool Street reported spotting a ghost on security cameras walking along one of the station's platforms. However, one of the shift workers went down to investigate and he could see nothing, while a colleague claimed he stood right beside the apparition when the pair went to investigate together they found a mysterious pair of white overalls lying on the platform this is ghostbusters theme stripping if you found a pair of overalls just on the floor i'm guessing this is ghostbusters themed stripping still don't want to see the movie you still don't want to see the movie no i bet there is someone out there that strips wearing the ghostbusters costume I guarantee that niche is being filled by someone around the world. I'd like to do some research on this. Wow. For a minute, I thought you said we we're going to say I'd like to do it. <laughs> You've got the Velcro. Let's get it going. This is where we are. If you're all alone, pick up the phone and call Ghostbusters strippers. No. Busting makes me feel good. I think there's a no. niche market. I'm going to get you for your birthday in November, Ghostbusters stripper. No. As long as the beams don't cross. No. Don't cross. You don't want a Ghostbusters stripper? No. Okay. I'm going to have to cancel. <laughs> I'll see if I can get my money back. If you wish to see the Ghostbusters strippers on the London Underground, you can visit our Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers with Adrian Lee, where all of tonight's stories are posted there for you to see. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? I've got hungry grave diggers compete in a national race. Hungry yeah, they're hungry. They're all based in Budapest. Must Bud- be. Budapest grave diggers. Yes. So we're not talking about hungry as in, oh, I fancy a sandwich. I'm just going to nip out. <laughs> Maybe. I'm confused. <laughs> are we in hungry? Is yes. It, we are in hungry. hungry. Yeah. But it's not a case of, oh, I've not had any breakfast this morning. So I'll go dig a grave. So I'm going to dig a grave mm. and work up a nice appetite. Yes. Okay. <laughs> grave diggers in Hungary have been taking part in the country's first national grave digging contest at a cemetery in the city of Deprecon. Leprechaun. Yes. The thing is, it's an Eastern Bloc third world country. Every other country is using JCBs and diggers at this stage. Yes. Well, they're using two man teams. Two man teams mm-hmm. to dig a first is one to dig a hole. That's useful. If you've got like an outbreak of scarlet fever, an outbreak of beriberi, dengue fever, you could be the first one to dig the graves. You could have 10 people go that week. You could have a cold spell in winter. Half the retirement homes disappeared. You're trying to get through as many graves as possible. There you go. 18 two-man teams were judged on their speed and style with the fastest finishing in just over an hour. Organizers say the contest is intended to increase respect and recognition for the gravedigger's profession and attract more people to do the job. I wouldn't mind doing that. It keeps you fit. 
It's New fresh Olympic air. event. New oh. Olympic event. Hungary have already made a head start in grave digging. Yes. What can you imagine if you're in the middle of the stadium? You've got the running track, right? You've got the shot put net. You've got the discus net. There's a little pole vaulting going on in the corner. In the middle of the field where the javelins are coming down, there's two Hungarians. They've had goulash for their lunch. They're up and running and they're digging holes in the field. Yes. I can just see that now. Hungary's made a head start. <laughs> I nearly drowned in Hungary. I went backpacking through Europe, as every 21-year-old does after the Vecht University back in the day. And I took a train from Prague in the Czech Republic to Budapest in Hungary. Took a very long time. Eastern Bloc train. Didn't get any sleep. I arrive in Budapest at the hottest day of the entire year. I mean, it was 100 degrees, which is unheard of in Eastern Europe. It's roasting hot. I set the tent up and then I fall asleep. I'm so exhausted. I fell asleep outside the tent. Unbeknownst to me, there was a flash flood. Suddenly the heavens open, the clouds break, rain comes down like the sea cut into vertical strips. I'm sat there with my head in a puddle. And I got woken up by them shaking me, trying to get me awake because I was nearly drowning. It is true you can drown in just a bucket of water or in a small amount of water. Want to test that? Not particularly. Why? <laughs> You're going to take me out to Budapest, put me in a tent. I can find a bucket. That was a serious <laughs> flash flood. The, the banks of the Danube were very high that particular mm. day. It went from bright sunny weather to flash flood in almost minutes, and I did fall asleep. So how tired must you be that you've got your head in a puddle and you're blowing bubbles and you still don't wake up? That's the kind of tired where you played when you was a child hard and fell asleep exhausted through playing hard. Do you remember those days? No. When you were a little girl? No. Sitting in the crib and the kid puts his head down, falls asleep and puts his head in the food. <laughs> yeah, plop. I can just see Heather now with spaghetti up her nose. <laughs> Tomato ketchup all around your face. This nah. is where we are. No. Okay. The winners will compete in a regional contest to be held in Slovakia. All Hang on. Ha ha yes. What? This is a Hungarian contest. Mm -hmm. Being held in another country. No, the winners. Oh, the winners. Will go on. Yes, you weren't paying attention again, Mr. Lee. So this is the Bohemian mm -hmm. Graveyard Grave Digging, digging mm -hmm. Competition. Yes, and all contestants had shovels, rakes, axes, and pickaxes to dig the graves that compiled with the regulation size two foot seven inches wide, six foot six inches long, and five foot three inches deep. Five foot, three inches deep. That doesn't seem deep enough to me. If a coffin is one and a half feet deep and that reaches the bottom, you haven't got much clearance there, have you? Not really. No. Yeah. <laughs> Reminds me of the song you like, Grave Digger, where he it says... It is my favourite, yeah. Who sings that again? Is it Dave Matthews? Yes. He yes, says, uh, dig my grave shallow so he can feel the rain on his face. Yeah. That's a very sad song. If you want to cry, go and look up Grave Digger by Dave Matthews. My favourite. We didn't have to prepare for any special way because we do this every day, said Jonas. And I don't think that's our listener, Jonas, either. <laughs> yes, this will be Jonas in California, moonlighting as a grave digger in Budapest. <laughs> that's right. This is good earth, quite soft and humid, just right for the event. Each team had its own technique. Some preferred to dig simultaneously, while others had one man digging and the other forming the dirt into neat piles around the gravesite. I don't think this is morbid, said the deputy chairman of the Hungarian Undertakers Association. This yes, I've got all their magazines. 
there's a monthly subscription. You should see the centre spread. It's fabulous. Oh. Holes in Budapest. There's graves <laughs> everywhere. It's fabulous. Read that out again. The Hungarian... The Hungarian Undertakers Association. <laughs> Hungarian Undertakers mm-hmm. Association. I want a badge and a t-shirt. They should have some sort of convention that would be fabulous. I'd love to see a Facebook site. That's what <laughs> I want to see. There's probably one. This is a profession, and the colleagues who toil in the competition today are proud and deserve our respect. That's fantastic. I know. I love it. I want to find out who wins. And why isn't the rest of the world involved? Why is this limited to Eastern Europe and Bohemia? Should be televised. Well, I'm not so sure about that. They put all kinds of things on the TV, to be fair. There's so many TV channels that they will film this. Heather, you will gain your first points. (laughs) Excellent. Of the evening for saying Prince Philip all the way through our first round, except the two times when it was, in fact, Prince Prince Philip. Philip. Mm -hmm. This is the terrifying moment a delirious woman believed to be possessed by a demon spirit shakes violently as friends desperately try to calm her down. The woman, named as Carmella, can be seen lurching backwards and forwards on a stretcher as her eyes are rolling into the back of her head. I've warned people time and time again not to watch the Friends DVD box set. Will anyone listen? No one listens. Another person in the ambulance dressed in white and speaking in Spanish attempts to wake her up by clapping and calling her name. That's Ronaldo in his Real Madrid kit. (laughs) She replies in a hoarse demonic voice saying, she is going to hell. As a woman off camera begs her to stop, the voice continues. This girl doesn't exist now. It doesn't exist. Those in the ambulance are left puzzled by the bizarre sequence of events with one asking, is she giving birth? In the same strange voice, Carmela, who is hooked up to an intravenous drip, replies, My father is coming. God, I hope that wasn't the case. <laughs> no. He is mine. He is for me. The terrifying incident was captured in the back of an ambulance as it sped to hospital with its sirens blaring. It comes after surveillance cameras in a supermarket called a woman dropping to her knees and screaming amid claims she was possessed by a demon. In the security footage, a middle-aged woman dressed in dark clothes walks into shot carrying items in an aisle, offering blankets, duvets and pillows. As she reaches the middle of the aisle, a package begins rocking on one of the shelves behind her and eventually falls to the floor. She turns around, notices the packets on the floor and puts it back on the shelf. But just as she does so, she suddenly drops her shopping. A man approaches and places a hand on her shoulder, but the woman lets out a blood-curdling scream, throwing the other shoppers back. He then grabs her by both her arms, calls for help from a shop worker and another shopper, and appears to hold her down. Next, he places his hands on her head, one either side of her temple, and appears to perform some sort of ritual or healing method. I think I've seen films like that. (laughs) The woman calms down, and seconds later, the supermarket tremors as the footage blurs, and all five people in the shot are thrown back again. Eventually, they recover and lead the older woman way you wait all week for a possession story and then two come along all at once i know clean up in aisle five kim you need to score (laughs) more points what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings a ghostly figure of a man wandering lost around deserted block of flats is caught on cctv it was thought to be around 3 a.m when this creepy footage of a mysterious figure walking across the lower balcony was captured 
At first, all seems quiet, and nothing seems out of the ordinary at the large building, two floors of which can be clearly seen on the tape. Then in the bottom left-hand corner of the screen, a ghost-like figure suddenly wanders into view. The apparition, which appears to take the spectral shape of a man, walks slowly across the balcony before completely disappearing behind a pillar, after which it is not seen again. The footage, which was filmed last year at an unknown location, has only recently been made available online. Shockingly, reports of a man shot dead in the same building's car park just a month before this strange incident have now also come to light. It's interesting that they know enough to know that someone was shot in the car park, but don't know enough to know where it actually is. Right. It's very bizarre. There are more questions than answers here, aren't there? The fact that they say car park at least gives you... It's not the United States. I'm going to go and look at this, and uh, I might be able to tell you where it is just looking at the architecture and how the Mm -hmm. cars are. Just see what I mean. So I may look into this and post this online. Uh, Although many people are skeptical of paranormal activity caught on tape, it isn't easy to explain away the hundreds of mystifying eyewitness accounts of ghosts and demons that crop up every day. Especially in the aisle of Walmart and in the back of Spanish ambulances, Mm -hmm. no less. Heather, what have you got for me in the last story in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? A rare condition called walking corpse syndrome leaves sufferers feeling as though they are zombies again. Yes, I've seen soccer teams play like this. I think the Minnesota Vikings have this, to be honest. (laughs) You mean they're wandering around. They don't know where they are. They're slightly dazed. They're not engaged with the game and they're not doing anything specific. You're going to love the description of this. It's fabulous. First described by French neurologist Jules Courtard in 1880, the condition leaves patients with delusional beliefs ranging from having missing internal organs to being clinically dead. One of the earliest known sufferers of the condition was a patient known as Mademoiselle X. Mademoiselle X. X. This reminds me of Brick in Anchorman 2. Do you remember the scene with Ron Burgundy? (laughs) And Brick turns up to his own funeral and he's crying. And he goes, but you're alive, you're alive. No, he's dead. (laughs) This is what Brick had from Anchorman 2. Well, she didn't come out so well. Mademoiselle X, who complained that she was missing several parts of her body, including her brain and stomach. (laughs) Well, to be fair, she's French, so she might have been right. (laughs) Who knows? She could have been telling the truth. Believing herself to be eternally damned, she eventually ended up insisting that, given that she had no stomach, she no longer needed to eat and subsequently died from starvation. Yeah, not so funny. Not so funny. No, now, you see? always do this to me. You get no, me to you crack jokes. You, know, you get me to crack jokes. Me, oh, whatever. <laughs> Heather's on minus two. <laughs> Perhaps the best known contemporary case of walking corpse syndrome is that of a man known only as Graham, who for nine years lived as uh, lived with the belief that he no longer had a brain or a head. He wasn't a scarecrow by any chance, was he? No. Okay, I'm just checking. <laughs> he wasn't running around looking for some sort of yellow brick Actually, road. he's spoken recently, even though he has no brain and no head. He recently spoke about his condition and described how he had stopped smoking or engaging in social activities because being dead, he didn't think there was any point to it. I know why he's doing this. Several things here. He stopped smoking so the straw doesn't catch fire. That's the first thing. If you're a scarecrow, the last oh, thing boy. you want to be doing is smoking cigarettes, right? We all agree okay. with that. Mm-hmm. Secondly... I think you don't have to pay taxes if you're dead. Yes, we've come to that conclusion. So he could get away. (laughs) What he's basically saying is I don't have to pay any taxes because I'm now dead. I think so. Actually, he said, I didn't want to face people. There was no point. I didn't feel pleasure in anything. 
I used to idolize my car, but I didn't go near it anymore. <laughs> All the things I was interested in went away. And after a brain scan, it revealed some startling abnormalities. I've been analyzing his PET scans for 15 years, and I've never seen anyone who has been on his feet and who was interacting with people with such an abnormal scan. All he has to do is stand in a field with his arms outstretched. Oh, it's not rocket stop. science, is it? Graham's brain function resembles that of someone during anesthesia or sleep. Seeing his pattern in someone who is awake is quite unique to my knowledge. It's a teenager. If... That brain function is normally someone who's asleep all the time. This is a teenager, isn't it? We're looking for a teenage scarecrow. Where does he live, by the way? Does it say? It doesn't say. So he claims he's got no brain. Or a head. Or head. He doesn't have any head. So how's he communicating? How's he talking? I don't know, but he's telling us what it is. There are more questions than answers. There is a true story of a woman who went for a brain scan and she literally had no brain. It was, there was just nothing. a stem, wasn't it? Well, or she, well, the brain had managed to attach itself to the outside or the inside of her skull. So when she had the scan, it was just a big black hole where her brain used to be. And they couldn't work out how she was talking and moving and getting around. For all intensive purposes, she seemed very normal. She wasn't the brightest or the sharpest chisel in the box, but she seemed like she was functioning. And she had a job and a family and everything, but she had no brain. The brain that she did have was just around the inside of her skull and it had basically made up for everything that she was missing. But she literally had no brain. Wow. So that is possible. You can actually survive without those things. We run into the round that is UFOs and cryptozoology. It's green men and hairy beasties. Greg is on three. I'm on two. Kim is in the lead on four. And Heather's now on minus two. Two. A man claims to have found the fossilized skull of Bigfoot, although there's no brain inside. Todd May says he stumbled upon the head of Sasquatch itself whilst hiking near his home in Utah. Of course, it could just be a large rock that kind of looks like it's got a face on it. But May is positive he's into something with the 34 kilo skull because he says he sighted Bigfoot twice before. It had the same facial features as the creature I'd seen, he said. The first time I saw one, I was startled. It looked like an ape from the zoo. Here's this coming out of left field now, completely out of left field. What if it is an ape that's come out of the zoo? What if that's not possible? An escaped ape in Britain on the south coast going into the southwest. We had the Beast of Bodmin. People have let panthers loose and wild animals. There was the Wild Animal Act of 1976 that then said you could not keep certain types of exotic and wild animals. And everyone just let them loose. They were roaming the streets. They were mugging grannies on the corner of the high street, Mm -hmm. taking their pension money, drinking in bars. It was a terrible to do. I just have one thing to say. I've seen a picture and it's bunk. It's bunk. It is bunk. It's it looks a rock. Like, it looks like a moldy potato. It does have the qualities of a moldy potato, but this is a 34 <laughs> kilo. It's a big tuber. Moldy potato. I would go out there often, he says, and find things like fossils and rocks. I looked around for about half an hour. Then I saw it, he said. There's eighters out there, he says. People like Heather Morris. Other Bigfoot. 
<laughs> the Bigfoot enthusiasts that don't like what I found, and the fact is, I found it first. Some experts aren't so sure yeah. about May's discovery. The natural fractures or joints in the rock are sites of increased weathering, where you would have these types of depressions form. It's not Bigfoot, said Midwestern State University assistant professor Jesse Carlucci from the Kimball School of Geoscience, who holds the world record for the longest job description. <laughs> Heather, what have you got for me tonight? If you wish to see the bunk that is the giant 34 kilo potato, potato. that, according to Heather Morris, <laughs> Sasquatch expert, I never knew. I did not know you were an expert in the field of all things hominid. Yes. But if you wish bunk. to see such wonders, you can go to our Facebook site. Bunky Wonders. More questions. If you wish to see Bunky Wonders. <laughs> That's the name of a band, if I've ever heard one. <laughs> what have you got for me tonight in the round of Bunk and UFOs? King Tut's blade was actually made from a meteorite, they think. Like, what's that stone that you can get when you go to expos? It's like a green. Moldavite. Is it Moldavite? Yeah, because it was found in Moldova, mm -hmm. wasn't it, originally? Mm -hmm. We've got a lot about Bohemia, haven't we, in Eastern Europe tonight? Yeah. Yes, Moldavite, it's very expensive. It comes in very small pieces, but it's extraterrestrial. There are stones and crystals that come from meteorites that aren't naturally found on Earth. Mm -hmm. So you can buy a Moldavite yes, as a I crystal. Loved it. It's a very fabulous crystal. It looks like kryptonite. Mm -hmm. I'd imagine Superman having lots of it in his ice palace. Of the North Pole. There's a, there was a gun show on this last week that Greg was watching that I noticed that they said there was two handguns being made out of meteorite. Really? Wow. That puts that oh. knife into perspective, doesn't it? It does. The dagger buried alongside the young pharaoh appears to have been more valuable than previously thought. Using a technique known as X-ray fluorescence spectrometry. Wow, I'm amazed you got that right first time. Researchers from <laughs> Milan Polytechnic... Pisa University in the Egyptian Museum in Cairo determined that the iron in the ancient blade contained a high percentage of nickel, as well as other materials typically found in meteorites. The team was even able to track down the specific meteorite the blade was constructed from, a rock named Kraga. Kraga. That's the villain. Karga, from, that's the villain like that. from Highlander. I, I think, think so. <laughs> Which was discovered 16 years ago in a limestone plateau in Mursa Matru. The find suggests that the meteoric iron was considered to be highly valuable material in ancient Egypt and also helps to highlight the skillful craftsmanship of the smiths who worked with it. It would be very interesting to analyze more pre-Iron Age artifacts, such as other iron objects found in King Tut's tomb, said the study author Daniela Camelli. We could gain precious insights into metalworking technologies in ancient Egypt and the Mediterranean. I have something to say. It's better to burn out than to fade away. That's a great film. I love that film. <laughs> Christopher Lambert. Yes. That's a joy, isn't it? Yes, there can be only one. I come from lots of different places. That was very... And what was the name of the other actor that played that role? Christopher Lambert. Adrian somebody, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we never got that in Britain, but I'm aware of that show. Adrian Paul. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah. This is fabulous. I saw Queen in concert in 1986. It was Freddie Mercury's last ever concert. Not that we knew that at the time. I say like I was there. It was Nebworth, 1986. I went with my friend Steve. If you're listening, Steve, then uh, we had a fabulous time there. Thanks for that. But that was a long, long time ago now. 
That was a joy, wasn't it? I shall give you wondrous points. You shall have two in your back to zero. You can understand why the ancient Egyptians, for example, would make a dagger out of a meteor that fell from the sky with their belief in all of the gods and so on. Yes. That makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Yeah. You would defeat everybody, wouldn't you, if you had a sword made from extraterrestrial rocks and crystals. Excalibur, the lady of the lake. It all comes back. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? Ancient lost city turns out to be a gas leak. A gas leak. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, you confused me there by wondering. Those words had never been put in a sentence before. My brain couldn't cope. Say that sentence again. An ancient lost city turns out to be a gas leak. Okay, I did get it right. It just, I thought I was French for the minute and I was losing the will to live. Underwater ruins off the Greek island of Zakynthos. Have, Zach Baggins, yeah. Yes. The ancient <laughs> islands of Zach Baggins. Have turned out to be a geological phenomenon. When divers came across an extensive series of courtyards and ruined structures in the shallow waters of the Mediterranean, their first thought was that they'd stumbled on a long-lost civilization. Now, though, following an extensive study of the site, researchers have revealed that the ruins aren't actually man-made at all, but are instead the result of a prehistoric gas leak. Oh. That's different than just a gas leak. Yeah, than just calling the gas man round because you can smell gas. Right. Did you know that gas doesn't actually smell of anything? That's a lie. They actually... <laughs> I'll argue that, too. Oh. <laughs> and and uh, I would recommend you try and get away with that, boys. <laughs> Try and convince your girlfriend on a Friday night. You're sat there with the Doritos. You're watching the Friends box set because she's talked you into it and promised you all kinds of wondrous things that evening. Gas does not smell. Mm -hmm. They add a smell specifically to gas. So when it leaks, you can smell it. That's the God's Uh honest truth. Who's they? The the gas board. (laughs) I'll have you believe. (laughs) Thought to have taken place during the Pliocene era more than 5 million years ago, this extensive release of methane from beneath the seafloor resulted in the formation of structures which, to the eyes of archaeologists, had looked a lot like the ruins of an ancient city. I've done similar things in the bath, to be fair. (laughs) With bubbles. There you go, my own jacuzzi. The disc and donut morphology, which looked a bit like circular column bases, is typical of mineralization of hydrocarbon seeps, said lead study author Professor Julian Andrews. This kind of phenomenon is quite rare in shallow waters. Julian Andrews. Yes. The hills are alive with the sound of methane emissions. Yes. The hills are alive with the sound of music. These are a few of my favourite things. No? No. (laughs) I've got one last story in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology. Rock legend Alice Cooper has been appealing for more information about claims. An eight-foot werewolf is running free. I'm running free, yeah. That's Iron Maiden, unfortunately. In Hull, seven eyewitnesses claim to have spotted a werewolf-type animal lurking in an abandoned industrial area outside East Yorkshire city centre. Locals have dubbed the mystery creature Beast of Balmstone Drain, provoking the interest of the original shock horror legend. The 68-year-old hard rock star... I thought he was older than 68, I have to say. If you see Alice Cooper, bearing in mind school's out for summer was, what, 72? Something like that. 
68 apparently, who is a fan of horror and the macabre, often using blood, snakes and electric chairs in his shocking shows, has taken to Facebook to ask if the sightings are for real. He wrote on his page, so there are suddenly several reports of a werewolf-like creature near a small town in the UK. Do you think it could be real? Residents and folklore experts believe the sightings are linked to the mythical beast that Heather Morris read out several weeks ago <laughs> called Old Stinker. Old Stinker. Do you remember Old Al? Al Stinker? Yes. According to a centuries-old legend, the half-man, half-dog prowls the Yorkshire Wolds. Well, apparently that story you read out a couple of weeks ago, Alice Cooper is now interested in. Yeah, he listens to the show. I'm sure he tunes in. <laughs> On a regular basis. <laughs> Hello, Alice Cooper, if you're listening. He plays a mean game of golf. He's got a really good handicap, apparently. He's a really good golfer. He does. He plays in all the charity events. He's very well received I'm trying in to see if you're telling a joke or no, not. No, I swear that is the God on... <laughs> Go look it up. Alice Cooper is a mean golfer. He plays a mean game of golf, does that man. Excellent. We run into the final round of the evening. That is the strange... And the bizarre, it's the stories from around the world that don't fit into any other category, but are too fabulous and too strange and bizarre not to read out live on air. We have a story here that says a 23-year-old man allegedly stripped naked in front of an employee at a Kroger store in Cincinnati and defecated on a self-checkout machine. It is the return of the Phantom Toddler. That's amazing. I can't believe Greg can do that so well. That's just a joy. Well done, Greg. Colin Murphy was charged with public indecency and disorderly conduct for his actions, which happened on Sunday. There's actually a storm coming in this week that was in Florida, and they called it Colin. Storms are very dangerous. They're destroying buildings, ripping up buildings, making people homeless, killing people, drowning people. You think you'd have a name, wouldn't you, that had a bit more Colin? How was you made homeless? How did you lose all your belongings? How did you lose half your family? Well, they do make those names alphabetical. So what C name would you come up with? Other than Colin? Yes. Well, you want to go with something that's going to bring some gravitas, a storm that's going to destroy buildings, rip up trees, put boats three miles inland. I'd have gone with Cynthia. <laughs> well, they always used to use women's names for all the storms. They but did. then the yes. women, women got mad, you know, even if it was more fitting, using women's well, names. Well, that's Greg live on air. If you want to write to him, Minus you can... how many points? Well, hang on a second. Let's not be hasty. <laughs> but apparently, according to a court affidavit, Murphy smelled of alcohol and slurred his speech and staggered his walk. Murphy is listed as being an account executive do you want plastic or paper do you think they'd bag that up he's done it on the Aww. cashier's register at the store what possesses you to stand up drop your trousers poke your head out i can't believe that that's ridiculous clean up in aisle two that's disgusting. terrible but yes the return of the phantom turtle there's been more stories about defecation in the last three weeks than i've read out in a lifetime of doing news stories is, is this the latest disturbing. craze is this what's going around now, is it? I hope not. Heather, what have you got for me in the round of the strange and the bizarre? I have a woman. A from, woman. Yes, from Goldsboro, North Carolina, who bought her neighbor's used freezer for 
That sounds like a good we deal. We get lots of bargains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you Always. could get Love some sales. Freon in that, get it up and running, give it a nice clean. You've got a bargain there. Absolutely. You? Perfect. And we then- could have one day in the studio. Why don't we get one in the studio? We can put a few beers in it. We can keep everything nice and cold. A freezer. Freezer. We could put, so, put a leg of lamb in it, keep everything nice <laughs> and cold. Bars. We can put ice cream bars in it. Funny you mentioned leg of lamb. Leg of lamb. Yes, because uh, she opened the freezer several days later and... There were frozen parts of the seller's dead mother in it. (laughs) (laughs) How big was she? Are we looking at a meal for four people or was she a slight woman? Big chest freezer. Kim's mother's very slight. I'm not thinking we'd get more four (laughs) or five people around the table for that. Curiously, the buyer had the freezer for several weeks before opening it because the seller told her it was part of a time capsule project at Sunday school and that the church would pick up its contents. (laughs) Sunday school. Yep. Uh-huh. Which part of the Bible says thou shall keep thou mother in a freezer, body parts and all? I have no idea. The church folks never came, so the buyer finally peeked inside, spotted the body, and then called 911. That's going to be whiffy, isn't it? Out in the sun? Uh, Whereabouts no, is this? No, it wasn't. She had plugged she it plugged in. She plugged it in. I it wasn't outside. So. Like people no. put freezers outside their house, and then two days later, they're gone mysteriously. No, the seller had already moved away. But is under police investigation for felony concealing or failing to notify the death of a person. Now, she said parts of her mother, right? Oh, yes. So yes. I'm guessing she was... Well, the I, trouble is you can't get her all in in one go. You have to kind of break it up to get it in. It's like oh. if you order a whole cow, you don't expect a whole cow to turn up, do you? It's been cut into well, parts. she probably had to break some parts oh, to make her fit. Oh, so and, there's people having their dinner. Uh, not at two in the morning. There's people having their <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> well, this is what they said. She was just the sweetest lady, the buyer said, of the seller. It's only two in the morning in Britain. Everywhere else. I know, I It's know. dinner time. I mean quiet. On Captain. the West Coast, it's probably around six o'clock, half past six. They're having their dinner. It's only in Britain and Europe that it will be two or three in the morning. Yes, I understand. Okay, I just thought I'd check with you. There'll be people listening to this show thinking, but it's not two o'clock in the morning. I'm just saying there's lots of time zones. All right. People are eating all different kinds of food at different times throughout the world as we speak. There you go. I mean that she was quiet. She kept to herself, stayed at home. Just unbelievable how she could just stick her mom in the freezer. So it's a mom pop. Oh. Yep. Well, the word pop. pop. The word pop means dad, doesn't it? Yep, it's mom pop. So Get it's, it? it's a, oh, you've cracked a joke. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Bong. Also unvo- unbelievable. Bong. <laughs> Bong. Also unbelievable is that Bong. someone would purchase a used $30 freezer without actually opening it first. That was what I was thinking. I can't believe you wouldn't open it You'd and check the con, or the inside, suit. the interior for quality before you put out 30 bucks. I realize it's just 30 bucks, but I'd still be looking. Yeah. That's grim, isn't it? It is. That's not good news. The lesson there is to check the freezer if you buy one on Craigslist. Have a good look inside. Have a good route around. A woman somehow managed to poo on a seat at Nick's Riverside Grill in Washington. It's the return of the Phantom Turtler. You wait all week for one turtling story to come along and then two come along. I don't wait. What is wrong? (laughs) Yes, it's a good idea not to let it wait. Are yours like soft and spongy and really soft? Is it like a pleasure or do you have to strain? 
<laughs> we don't know the details. We don't know why said woman chose to defecate on a perfectly good chair rather than taking her business to the toilet. We just know that it happened. But how, you ask, do we know that this actually took place? Because that very woman, the one who decided it was acceptable to defecate on a piece of furniture like a puppy in a litter trainer, had the audacity to write a complaint on Yelp because she had been charged for two drinks, despite only ordering one during happy hour. And the manager failed to deal with it properly. So apparently what's required is if you get charged for two drinks and you only ordered one, defecate Give on the furniture. <laughs> is this Give Washington, them... D.C. or Washington State? It doesn't say. Okay. I, sh- I have no idea. We need to look into this. Why are you planning on defecating in furniture in Washington State? No. Does that make a difference? I is was there... planning on it in D.C. There's different no. <laughs> laws. If you defecate in Washington, there's different laws to if you defecate in Washington, D.C. It's a fair complaint, except that the woman had not been overcharged, as proved by the staff, and she had also pooed on her seat. Again, we don't know why. But it's not just the pooing which has tickled us it's also the restaurant's reply this is how they responded on yelp you shouldn't be tickled by anyone's poop to be fair should you this is their response the fact of the matter is you lost control of your bowels in the middle of the restaurant and you proceeded to sit in it for the remainder of the evening i've been on blind dates like this making more of a mess we had to reroute other patrons so they didn't walk in your mess causing quite a scene You then proceeded to throw your underwear away in our trash can (laughs) and our poor manager working that night was left to clean it up. We would be happy to refund your entire bill with the understanding you will never return to any of our establishments until you are potty trained. Out of compassion and being decent human beings, we did not charge you a waste removal fee. So it's okay apparently to empty one's bowels if you've been overcharged for drinks that's a minefield of feces in every bar across america on a saturday night everyone who's overcharged apparently this is the way to go stick a flag in it leave it there for everyone to see whippy weld turdopolis in the comfort of your own restaurant kim you have the last story of the evening in the round that is the strange and the bizarre could our reality be a computer simulation SpaceX CEO Elon Musk maintains that it is actually very likely that we live inside a simulation. Speaking during a recent interview at California's Code Conference, Musk, who is working on everything from Hyperloop transport system to a manned mission to Mars, is certainly no stranger to pushing the boundaries of what technology can do. I'm not positive. I'm going to go back to an author that I I know I read this book in 10th grade. I remember the teacher that borrowed it to me. Was it Isaac Asimov that wrote about this? Yes, he's a very, very famous science fiction writer. I think it was, I'm not sure which book, but I'm going to say that it was the Foundation series. There we go. I could be wrong. Anybody can correct me. I'm happy to stand by that. My knowledge of science fiction of that period is very limited, so I'm happy to bow to your knowledge. Uh, One such challenge, that of building a simulated environment indistinguishable from reality, is undoubtedly still quite a few years away yet. But even today, given the ever-growing graphical capabilities of computers and the advent of virtual reality headsets, it is not difficult to imagine a future in which the idea of becoming lost inside a simulation might not seem all that far-fetched. But what if we already happen to be living within such a simulation right now? According to Musk, the chances of this are actually very high because assuming such simulations are actually possible at all, 
There are likely to end up being countless billions of them across all the intelligent civilizations in the entire universe and the chances of us living in actual reality, of which there is only one, as opposed to one of these simulations, is infinitesimally small. There's a lot in there, isn't there? Yes. I've always been interested as an artist that you would say that a photograph is a true representation of what's in the world around you. But you take a photograph of a hummingbird's wings and you can see the wings. But in reality, I can't see those wings because they're moving too fast. So even with photography, and you say that looks photographic, it's an exact representation. Even in that photograph of that hummingbird, I'm seeing things in the photograph that I can't see with my own eyes. So is that photograph real? Or am I seeing what's reality with my own eyes? The colours you see are different to the colours I see. What looks like red for me would look like a different colour for you, but you still call that red. So all these things can't be quantified, can they? Everyone has an individual experience, and even the things we see with our own eyes could be classed as not being real, depending on what you're using. We have made it into the final round of the evening. That is called Not For Your Mother. It's the stories that can't be read out live on air for fear of being removed or getting a hefty fine. If your mother is easily offended, she needs to be removed. If there are minors in the room, they need to be ushered off to bed. I have a story to start the round where I think everyone in the room needs to do the sound effects for. The more sound effects you do, the more points you shall receive it's a very long story but i want sound effects to go with it <laughs> everyone getting the idea mm-hmm. heather's lost the will to live yes it's this says story las vegas <laughs> martin klein 41 of las vegas was arrested after shoplifting incident turned horribly wrong according to reports mr klein and his partner jerry vice had stolen several grocery items from the las vegas walmart so far so good Klein and Weiss had entered the Las Vegas Walmart at approximately 11am and headed towards the breakfast food aisle. Both of the men had taken several cans of Pillsbury cinnamon rolls from the aisle and headed towards the bathroom. According to security footage, Klein and his partner entered the restroom and stayed inside for nearly 20 minutes before exiting. I washed my hands... I went back to my station in the deli department, said Jonathan Peterson, an employee of the store. When Klein was approached by Walmart security, after they had witnessed the two men enter the restroom, Klein told his partner to find his mother in the front of the store. I asked Mr. Klein to show me the items he had taken into the restroom, said Michael Jones, a security guard at Walmart. Mr. Klein denied taking any items into the restroom and then he walked away towards the front of the store. I followed him as we met up with the other person he was in the restroom with. I grabbed Mr. Klein, and that's when his friend squeezed KY jelly into my face. (laughs) Okay, you seem to know what that sounds like. No one else in this room knew what the sound of KY jelly being squeezed into someone's face sounded like. But apparently, (laughs) Heather knew enough to give it a go. KY got all in my eyes and on the floor. I attempted to grab Mr. Klein, and that's when both of us fell. Okay, silently. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Greg's got one point. But it was silently. Then they silently (laughs) fell. I fell on top. Remind me never to do an audio book. (laughs) I fell on top of him, and that is when I heard a loud popping noise. 
That was a loud popping noise. Well done, Miss Morris. Mr. Klein screamed loudly. (laughs) 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 Oh, my. Somebody strangled a small tamarind monkey. And then fluid started running out of his bottom. It was so disgusting, but at least I caught the suspect. According to eyewitnesses, the EMT that treated Klein on the scene said the Pillsbury cinnamon roll can exploded due to the amount of pressure inside Klein's anus, coupled with the shock of the fall. The can and its contents were removed from Mr. Klein. Mr. Klein was treated for his injuries and then placed into the custody of Las Vegas police. Jerry Weiss, the other suspect in the shoplifting incident, was also arrested. Weiss gave a bizarre statement to authorities upon his arrest. I hope my Mr. Martini will be okay. We just wanted to... what? He calls him Mr. Martini. His lover. With two olives? Apparently, it's a dirty martini. Uh, we just wanted to spice up the lovemaking tonight with something sweet and thought that some cinnamon rolls would do the trick. Well, at least my darling got the cinnabuns he wanted. I hope he has some leftovers for me to try. Oh, God. <laughs> Once you pop, you just can't stop. I'm going to be sticking to cornflakes personally. Breakfast now uh-huh. is cornflakes. He's lucky he didn't want a can of Pringles. That would have been a whole... New scenario, wouldn't he? He's lucky. And he he didn't... can't eat just one. No, exactly. Oh, no, that's Lay's. Nope, you're absolutely right. Once you pop, yes, yeah, Lay's, is it? I'm sorry my knowledge of American snack potato-based foods is lacking in this department. Sasquatch chips. Sasquatch chi- billowing. <laughs> billowing Sasquatch <laughs> chips by Heather Morris. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? Sweaty sex campaign in Denmark encourages couples, do it for mom, to save the welfare state. Do it for mom. Do it for mom. Your mother told me that we need to do the business, so I'm just doing what your mother says. You should always do what your mother says. That's the last thing I want to think of at that point. (laughs) Nice. The first thing I'm thinking of is your mother. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Your mother's word. It's never never far from my thinking. Never far from my lips. Oh, God. The long-term viability of retirement programs, such as Social Security, is a regular topic during U.S. political campaigns. And the same goes in Denmark, where such programs apparently are in pretty bad shape. The problem for the Danes, a low birth rate in the country, tilting the population toward old folks. A low birth rate in Denmark? Yes. Who knew? Mm. They should drink more Carlsberg, then they'll be knocking a few more out. This is where they need to be. They're taking too many trips to Hawaii eating mushrooms. Apparently. Yeah. (laughs) Very surreal, but I'll go with it, Kim. (laughs) Last year, the city of Copenhagen and an independent advertising firm came up with a solution. A slick TV and online campaign urging Danes to make babies. The Danish welfare system is under pressure, one ad says. There are still not enough babies being born despite a little progress. And this concerns us all. But the campaign doesn't dwell on senior citizens' financial security. It focuses instead on how young Danish adults are breaking their parents' hearts by staying childless. Those who suffer the most are perhaps the mothers who will never experience having a grandchild to add laments. This is my mother, my parents. Mm -hmm. My sister, who is a couple of years younger than myself, is adamant she will never have children. And to be fair, you know, she's broken well into her 40s now. I don't have any children. My parents are sat at home wondering 
where this is going to take place. I think they're worried. Where or when? <laughs> any, any, of those, any of the above. Any of the above. Uh, the ad, it then shows an older woman trying to figure out how to help her son procreate. Well, if she jumps up and down on his back a few times and <laughs> cup of tea and a sandwich in between. Well, she's imagining sneaking into his bedroom while he's getting hot and heavy with his significant other to help with the removal of a brassiere. <laughs> and I brought you some cinnamon buns. <laughs> the wannabe grandma rejects that notion, and the ad turns to better ways to encourage baby making, such as sunny vacations and exercise that releases endorphins. And rohypnol. <laughs> it is an unusual and amusing campaign, and apparently it's working. Britain's The Independent writes that nearly a year after the campaign launched, reports have suggested that Denmark is set for a baby boom. Well, there's good news. The problem every society is having in first world countries is there aren't enough children to work to support the people that are then old. That's the problem everyone's having around the world. Heather, you can give me the last story of the night in the round of Not For Your Mother. I got an exciting one. Well, there's a change. I Points know. already just for being unique. A man... Mm-hmm. He chopped off his, his weakness. His, his twig and berries. He's just a friend's penis. Oh, he's, well, he's not friends anymore, I'm guessing. Mm. With an axe. Okay. After a boozy row over the size of their manhood. Oh. Wah, wah. Mine's bigger than yours. I'm going to get me chopper out. <laughs> this one comes half off. There. Oh, never mind. It's down to eight <laughs> inches now. Oh, police in Ural's region of. Bashkortostan. Hang on, in the, is this in the Urals? Somewhere. <laughs> got, so the axe, the axe took place. He got he got half cut off in the Urals. Yes. Okay, that's, that's even more painful in many. It's respects. in Russia. Let's just go. It's in Russia. He's. I cut off his Urals. <laughs> uh, well, they have charged the alleged assailant with causing his drinking buddy a grave injury. This is bound to happen in Russia. They're drinking vodka constantly. They're never sober, the Russians. Constantly. They can't tell the difference between that and water. No. They wash in it. They bathe <laughs> in it. A Russian man has been detained after using an axe to sever his friend's penis, say police. The two villagers were said by police to be arguing about the size of their manhoods during the drinking session. Was his last name Choppy's Grisolov? Uh, it is alleged that the 52-year-old man grabbed the axe and first struck his 47-year-old friend in the head before chopping off his penis. His what? His penis. Okay. Is that like table penis? <laughs> you can put it on the table? I can put a net on it. Do you know Annette? She runs the store at Walmart. Have you met her? Nice girl. I like her mother. Very encouraging. She's Danish, I believe. A police spokesman said over two days, the men were binge drinking for two days. I told you, this is Russia. Good news, sir. We found blood in your alcohol supply. And then it led to a violent argument. There's a warning there to anyone listening to this show. Two days of drinking, you're going to wake up with half than you went to sleep with. That's right. When words were exhausted, the attacker pulled out an axe. Where do you find one of those things? I just don't have one lying around the house. I can't run around my own house and say, oh, I'll just grab an axe. I don't have one. This is Russia. Everyone has an axe. They do? I'm to positive. Grind? To chop down trees, I'm guessing. <laughs> axe to grind? Never mind. <laughs> it's too late in the evening to be cracking subtle jokes like that, Miss Morris. <laughs> and first struck the opponent in the head and then cut off his manhood. Neighbors called the emergency services after hearing the man's pained screams... I was waiting no, for sound effects. Come I'm, on. Not, I'm not doing pain screams. Uh, this, uh, 
Yep, there's the tamarind monkey being throttled. Report. I'm going to strangle my monkey. <laughs> no. How on earth do you come up with this stuff? I have no idea. I have no idea where it's coming from. It's I like don't a, know like a possession. I've done possessions where noises aren't as I weird. I got to go. No, no. It's like an exorcism. <laughs> Reports said it was the man judged to have the smaller genitals who wielded the axe. So the little willy went after the big one. And it's now they're the same size now, right? Little willy willy won't go home. Okay, I see what you've done there. Oh, yeah. The men have known each other since childhood. It's better than my dingling by Chuck Berry. (laughs) (laughs) The men have known each other since childhood and live in the village of Nikolsk. And they were not named, so they didn't want to tell anyone. Who they were. Because no one in the village is going to know which man cut the other one's willy off with an axe. I mean, that'll be... Because there'll be a bandage. There'll be a band-aid. <laughs> the older man Ointment. Is... <laughs> Do you want a bit of ointment on that? Bit of bit of antiseptic, bit of TCP. You'll be fine. I'm not rubbing it in. It'll grow back. The older man has been charged with inflicting a grave injury on his friend, and he faces up to eight years in jail if he's convicted. That's not good news. That's not good news for anyone. It's not good news for anyone, is it? No. Especially the guy who's now half the man he used to be. Okay, well, all good things come to an end. So let's look at tonight's scores. In last place, the K2 meter with the dead battery is Heather, who scored two points. And in resplendent first place, the $33,000 IR camera coming in on five points. Here's Kim beating myself on four and Greg on three. You had a fabulous start at the beginning on Arkansas, Hawaii or Prince Philip. Do not fear listeners. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lear. You can contact me on my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips remember we now do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show in a round called not for your mother that we can't put out live on air for fear of being removed or getting a hefty fine but if you go to soundcloud.com and search for mqta radio you will find everything on there my gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to lorna hunter heather morris to tom drainer kim and greg gore and all of the international paranormal society in paranormal.net and all of the show's sponsors including the lakes area paranormal interest group and mufon of minnesota it just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember be interested and interesting good night